everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? Oh, rethinking this whole Simpsons podcast thing, just like we do most weeks these days. Mm, last week was good. That's true. Last week was good. So it's basically it's been a very uneven uh, you know, procession from episode to episode. I don't think my heart can take this. Yeah, uh... Hi, guys. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. You get access to all of our bonus podcasts, a bunch of back material there. Now, we have a person to thank you. The person oh, to fantastic. thank you? Thank? I'm losing my perspicacity already, and we're only five minutes in. That's a problem. Um, I apologize. If I, I, Travic A, thank you. Thank you. This week's episode is She Used to Be My Girl, episode FABF22, originally aired December 5th, 2004, written by Tim Long, directed by Matthew Nastic, direct, oof. focus, Robbie, a 5.6 rating with 10.4 million viewers, the chalkboard gag, poking a dead raccoon is not research, well, I'm going to say it depends what you're researching. That's true. If you're researching abject responses to stimuli, uh, yes. So that's research. Yeah. All right. Bart has a point. The couch gag. Everyone in the family looks like Mo. That's it. That's the gag. Everyone's Mo. It, it, it's very creepy. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Uh, this episode guest stars Kim Cattrall as Chloe Talbot. I don't remember them saying her last name, but her last name is Talbot. Yeah. At the very beginning, she says it. Okay. Um, I the This title is She Used to Be My Girl, I think is referencing that lisa used to be marge's girl yes i believe that's the idea oh my god Ugh. um guys if you're looking for another good one some bad news for you uh <laughs> not this week not this week this episode i i'm not in a really good space i'm gonna say that my mind's i'm not in a good mind space this week um fair warning i'm a i'm this episode made me angry made me upset it made me very frustrated, and I'm going to talk about it, and I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to be mean. I'm going to be mean this week, Matt. Feel free, Robbie, because when you're at least when you're mean, you're not yelling questions at me that I can't answer with any response. Other that than, will also uh, happen. I'm going to also yell questions at you that you can't answer. Uh, of course you are. You're welcome. Um, this episode begins. <laughs> I read some of these things in our notes, and it makes it like it, it feels like I'm getting like a, like this is a joke. Like, this is can't be real. So, okay. Bart. We start this with Bart feeding, trying to feed the dog medicine. He, the dog won't eat it, so he's going to wrap it in cheese. Homer eats it. At every line. At, like, there's so many lines in our notes where I go, why is this in this episode? So, it's funny you ask, because I was just thinking about this. Uh, our bonus episode for uh, this month was about... Uh, Homer's character progression uh, in season three in this particular and Homer defined. And in that we said it was great to uh, see the family doing something the families do. Like they're uh, sitting around the breakfast table and Homer is reading a newspaper. And I'm like, this starts out with, okay, uh, Bart is trying to give the dogs some medicine. Mars suggests cheese. Okay. That's something a normal family would do. You know, the kids say uh, the kids have to give the dog some medicine, blah, blah, blah. And then it just goes off in a weird direction. And as soon as Homer ate that, I was just like, Oh, it's going to be one of those episodes. Huh? It's, it's this is nothing compared to what later on happens, Matt. This is this is downright pedestrian compared to the chaos we get in Act Three. 
Um, and then they hear they feel the ground rumble because there's an onslaught of news vans with a media circus because of a sex scandal because of Mayor Quimby. Uh, yep, sure. Uh, a small town mayor has an affair, and therefore the national media, including Fox News, are all over it. I, I maybe it's just because I'm so inured to our our culture of steam as we are in now where this new constant news cycle it never ends that there's always something insane happening 16 seconds after the last the insane thing but yeah but the small town of 30,000 people there's a, a the mayor's corrupt so we have to have national news coverage okay sure all this is in service to getting us to Chloe who is my God, a very important character, apparently, for this episode. For this episode, and only this episode. Because Chloe Talbot is a news reporter coming in to cover this story, and Marge recognizes her. Mr. Mayor, just how many illegitimate children are you hiding? Kent, I'm hiding nothing, except this puppy. Aww. Look into his eyes and tell me I'm lying. Well... I'm placated, and so are all my friends in the local media. <laughs> I have a question. Chloe Talbot, Global News Network. Oh, it seems a big-shot reporter from some major news outlet isn't satisfied. Well, if it isn't local news legend Kent Brockman. Hey, Kent, run over any more pedestrians? Those records are sealed. She's from Springfield. I knew her in high school. I didn't think anyone successful came from Springfield. What about that two-headed goat? Technically, he was born in Shelbyville. Yes, but he came here to die. Okay, so... Uh -huh. Yeah, I'm not going to comment on that, so you're, if you want anything, you have to go with it. <laughs> I cut... I didn't include the entire, entirety of the two-headed goat clip, Matt. You're welcome. <laughs> so Marge knew this, this, this lady in high school, and therefore Homer knew her as well. Which they they, 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 they mentioned that, that they both knew Chloe in high school. Um, so they, they, we go on to show, like they have this aside with a two-headed goat, which so many cutaway gags, Matt, like we mentioned Family Guy a couple oh, weeks dude. ago, and there is just nonstop. There is not a moment to breathe. There is not a moment of just of, of recognition of anything that's happening. It's just go, 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 go. Just stuff. It's not funny. I didn't laugh any time. Did you laugh at this episode, Matt? By the way, no, <laughs> I really don't think so. Um, That's that. Your reaction just made me laugh way more than anything this episode did. Yeah, there's nothing I didn't laugh at, at anything of this. Um, I would challenge anyone to do what I did, which was watch Homer Defined first, and then watch this and see how you feel. And I mean, really watch it, pay attention, think about it as you're watching, and like, look at the what does this scene accomplish? What is these characters doing? And then watch, try and watch Homer Defined, and then try and watch this, and try not to lose your mind. So we we go on to see that Chloe is not just a news reporter; she is an accomplished news reporter, an accomplished journalist that has video evidence of Mayor Quimby's indiscretions. Mr. Mayor, you claim to be faithful to your wife, but I have obtained this exclusive videotape. Mm -hmm. Come on, baby, read my sash. You're the major? That's Mayor, you fertile moron. 
Two things are certain. The mayor is in deep trouble, and the local newsmen in this town are idiots. Channel 6 News rocks. A car chase every night, or the weather girl wears a tube top. And if she doesn't, you win a pizza. <sighs> Chloe sure turned that successful. You're successful too, Mom. You made a chore wheel that's both fair and wise. <laughs> Marge, I figured out a way we can get in on this Quimby lawsuit. Marge, go ahead. Mayor Quimby is my era. Father, give me one million dollars. Huh? Huh? I'm right there with you, Marge. Yep. That's exactly how you'd respond to that. It's just... I'm just like, that is, that is that reaction from Marge is basically everything that happens in this episode. Everything I do. So, Marge remembers Chloe. Clearly, and then we, this is, uh, I'll be fair, and I'll be fair, Matt, like, this is the plot, technically. Marge's jealousy of Chloe. Well, Marge is, Marge is jealous of Chloe, and also uh, Lisa is very excited about Chloe, and Marge is also concerned about losing her relationship with Lisa. But it's a little of both, and then they interact very heavily. I, and I would say, like, I, I theoretically, ideally, that these are the plots. Because there's a lot of things in this that basically don't bother and then are distracting from this and never actually hone in on what is going on. Like, okay. Then, and okay. Oh boy. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you would think, okay, Marge now knows that Chloe's in town, right? Mm -hmm. How would you think you would have if you were writing an episode and you were like, okay, we want them to, 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 to talk, how would you set up their, their meet? I mean, maybe they're out at a restaurant and they see each other or really anything. There's lots of, lots of ways. I, I would, you know what I would do, Matt? I would have Chloe come knock on the Simpsons door. That's far too direct, Robbie. I would have Chloe call Marge and say, hey, Marge, I'm in town. I would have Chloe ask Marge out. I mean, that would, that would imply she's a good friend and they've kept up with each other. Or, like, I don't know. I Okay. So, this is how, this is the clip in which Marge runs into Chloe. Literally, Marge, out to get groceries, walks past Chloe. Marge? Marge Simpson? Chloe! Hi! Marge! Oh, where are you living now? Evergreen Terrace. Paris! Just like you always dreamed. Terrace! Evergreen Terrace. The street that smells like pee. This is my daughter, Lisa. Chloe, I really admire how you got out of Springfield and became such a success. Hey, only the Lamos stay. And your mother, super lady. Mm-hmm. Well, it is good to see you, Chloe. Would you like to come over for dinner tomorrow? Oh, I'd love to. I'm getting so sick of these greasy catered meals. You insult me, you insult Italy. Which is shaped like a boot. Who knew? That's an that's an example of the humor in this episode where we have Luigi. Mm-hmm. Also, why why would Chloe think that Marge lives in Paris if if they meet in Springfield? There's where no, they grew up. See, Mar- Matt, okay, Matt. Here, I'll explain it. Marge muttered, mumbled her address that has terrace in it, and so. Chloe assumed it was Paris because they're they're similar words. Uh-huh. They rhyme. They rhyme. I mean that's true. They do, 
but that's the kind of thing a normal person would just immediately say, no, obviously that can't be the case. Yeah, she's and she is carrying bags of groceries. That's not what if you're even uh-huh. if Marge was like back, maybe Marge lives in Paris and it was visiting like she would have bags. Like, no, it doesn't make any sense. It literally exists because they want to create drama, even though that it doesn't have any context or make any sense. Um, who am I rooting for in this episode? I mean, why would you root for anybody? That is a good question, Matt, because I am not, I don't like Marge. I don't like Chloe. Chloe's rude. Like, literally, she's standing in front of Marge. Like, it's okay for Chloe to say, like, oh, I think that maybe they should have left Springfield because I don't like Springfield. That's fine for her to think. But I don't, I'm going to think anyone's a jerk if they, the first thing, like, in the first conversation, they say, oh, you're, a, you're terrible because you stayed and raised a family here. Um, that's a rude thing to do. However, why am I also Marge just seems really touchy about it and unconfident and really like ugly jealous about it. And why would I care? And the, and I guess it's not so bad yet. But when she the thing, the stuff with Lisa later just puts me over the edge. It makes me so upset, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, Robbie. I I don't know. I, I think the Lisa stuff is the only halfway decent part of this episode is the through interaction between Lisa and Chloe and Marge. I just think the the character of Chloe Talbot is so incredibly annoying that it's hard to believe any of that. I, I don't mind. I don't mind. I, again, ideally this could be a really good episode. It could tell, say interesting things about all of these characters, but the way it's written, I don't like any of them. Except, I mean, I like Lisa. Lisa does nothing wrong. But Marge and Chloe, I don't like either of them. I certainly don't like Homer. Um, Bart, uh, no. Bart is barely in this episode. He appears like twice, just disappears. Um, so Marge invites Chloe over to dinner. And uh, Chloe brings over some kebabs, which Homer, Homer literally, Homer says in front of his wife that these are the best food that he's ever eaten at this table, which... Again, no one Homer is is Homer that is that like that's again, it's not stupid. It's just mean. Yeah, it's like Homer Homer cannot be that stupid and have lived this long. It's just not possible. So it's just again like, oh, I we need to artificially create situations where Marge is hurt. You know, like uh there's you can do that naturally without doing this preposterous insults. Uh this is so Chloe's over. Marge feels bad. This is a little bit of a long clip and it ends the first act. I got the recipe for these in Istanbul. I was writing a story for Harper's Magazine. Harper's Magazine? I have a picture of Louis Lapham on my binder. Oh, but I've been yapping about myself all night. Marge, what's exciting in your life lately? Well, we finally found out why the dog was scooting around on his butt all day. Turns out he had an impacted anal gland. The excitement never stops. Chloe, would you like to see slides of our trip to Athens Boulevard Recreational Center? I'd love to. Oh, my show's on. Mind if we watch a little? I guess. The Talbot Report with Chloe Talbot. Tonight, Chloe interviews Bob Dylan. So, Bob, 
What religion are you converting to now? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Hold me to me. You won't sit on bed against our moment no more. Shalom. Followed by Chloe's triumphant return to her depressing little hometown, Springfield. Hello, Ned. Hey, comic book guy. Krusty the Clown. I thought he was dead. Yeah, I guess you ain't been to too many supermarket openings lately. Ugh. You know, Chloe, some of us stayed in this town and made it a better place. Oh, come on, Marge. The only reason we don't move out of this dunghill is because of my court-ordered ankle bracelet. I'm here, I'm here, quit bugging me. Why do you always have to show that to company? It's a conversation starter. Thank you for including all the beeping, Robbie. That's, that's... Woke me up a little bit. I, Matt, I thought it was necessary to... Include to give a proper, truthful representation of what this episode is. That's fair. That is fair. It's very annoying. It is annoying, and it feels like I don't know. I should say that this episode has the full length intro in it, um, and when you drag on that beeping noise for an extra couple seconds, it makes you really think that they're trying to fill time. Um, because it sure isn't funny, at least not to me. Um. So we got a bunch of pointed news stories. Uh, how do you feel about that Bob Dylan appearance? Don't know. Don't care. <laughs> you didn't think that was hilarious? Nope. Like, I don't know enough about Bob Dylan. I know that he is a musician, and that's about it. You can't, he talks like that, Matt, so you can't understand what he's saying. You get it? You get the joke? Oh, I get it. I like jokes. And, and he changed his religion once or twice, um, which people do. So that's a that's another joke they made. Uh huh. So and Springfield's bad. Remember they the they made a joke. You know how the newsman said Springfield's bad. Yep, I do remember that because it is. Wolf. Uh, that's a appropriate. I would say it's appropriate. <laughs> Wolf is. <laughs> This is how I would uh-huh. describe all this. So uh, we go to commercial. Eight minutes. Eight minutes and two seconds in. And when we come back, Chloe is still at The Simpsons and now is demonstrating a stupid dance. It might be racist or it might just be stupid. I don't know. Homer it's, gets no, up Matt, and does similar... It's assuredly racist. Yeah, it's racist. Okay. Too. It's absolutely... And then they make it I mean, even... It, it could be so dumb that they don't know that it's racist, but no, 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 I'm going to no. go with it's actually racist. Hey, I'm going to... Okay, <laughs> if anyone at home is confused, having uh, this waspy lady uh, do a fake dance while spouting gibberish noises that are supposed to sound Chinese, mm-hmm. that's, yes, that's racist. That's a thing you can't, you shouldn't do. That's not a good, and then to have Homer, oh my god, Matt, Homer here. I... Yeah, Homer gets up and basically does a similar uh, sounding thing, uh, but it turns out it's because he has a chicken bone stuck in his throat. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, sure, <laughs> I guess. Uh, uh, we then get a list of, uh, basically, uh, Marge says that she said that Chloe never got a chance to raise a family, and Chloe uses this as an opportunity to brag, brag about all the famous guys she's been with. Uh, I almost captured that, but then I was like, nah, why not? Or why should I? It's really stupid and, and dumb. And it just it's a there's a thing that Chloe does throughout the episode. She's always dropping names of famous people. And Marge calls her out on it correctly because there are people who are like that. And they're just incredibly annoying. 
and that was like the one part of this episode where I was like, yes, someone call her out on that because it's awful. It's just awful. And it's like I to only in- impress someone who knows nothing about the, how the world actually works. Uh, like Lisa. Uh, but then we get uh, Chloe and Marge's origin story, essentially, where we find out uh, exactly how they knew each other in high school. Did you know back in high school that she'd be such a star? Back then we were both in the thrill-a-minute world of high school journalism. Together, we broke the biggest story of the semester. One of the cafeteria workers was spitting in the soup. I'll teach you to give me my first job out of prison. When we published the story, we received the school's highest award. Ladies, it is my great pleasure to award you the Certificates of Merit. In this box marked honoree, fill in your names. And over here, write in what you did. I'll be back. You ain't tasted the last of my spit. Oh, that mo. But good for you, Mom. Why didn't you follow Chloe into journalism? Well, we both faced a tough decision. Go off to journalism school or stay in Springfield with our sweethearts. Stay with me, Marge, and I promise we'll travel the world and perhaps outer space. I love you, Chloe. And I love you, too, Brake Fluid. Chloe left town as soon as Barney proposed. I would have followed her, but my plans changed when God brought me a wonderful little boy. Bart, stop that! So, yes, as we can see, uh, Marge and Chloe were basically on the same trajectory uh, until... Chloe decided she had enough of Barney, and I guess Barney was what kicked her out. Like, we don't get a specific reason for why Chloe left, just that Barney proposed to her and she decided she had better things to do with her life. But even that is not as clear as it probably should be. Um, there's so. nothing, Matt, there's nothing as clear in this episode. No one does anything for any reason. They are just, these things happen. Yeah, basically. Like, I, what? Again, I'm gonna, I'll say this for the 10 millionth time, I'm sure. We are we're supposed to engage with these characters like they're real people, ideally. But obviously we can't because they're not. I well, Barney is drinking brake fluid as a high schooler. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously he's not allowed to buy alcohol, so he just drinks brake fluid instead. Why is Chloe dating Barney? Uh, yeah, I, I got nothing on that one. Like we've seen Mar- Margin Homer's meet cute and how they got together, and it makes it all make sense. I don't know anything about Chloe, and yeah, and why? She, so she's dating Barney. Like it's just all it just everything is just happening because it's convenient. What is convenient for the plot? Well, that's that's what happened. They don't they don't take a moment to explain it away. They don't have Chloe give us a one off line about why she dated Barney. There's nothing at any point. Nothing. Yeah, and I we don't know. I we don't care. It, it makes me. Hmm. I don't. Like, and, like, there's, they keep teasing, like, oh, Marge stayed home and raised a family. Chloe went off and became a yuppie, a young professional. She became a successful reporter. She actually followed through with her journalistic uh, aspirations, whereas Marge did not. Yeah. And you would think the episode would eventually defend Marge and say this is, but instead it just seems to, like, 
treat Marge like an idiot and Chloe like a jerk and no one is good. <laughs> yeah. As we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so actually this this is it actually sets it up really well coming up because we see that Marge spends her days scrubbing the heck out of the bathroom uh to get it nice and clean and uh Lisa runs in and says, "Oh, Chloe won the Peabody award." And Marge is of course not devastated by this, but she looks down and she's like, "Oh, and she basically compares her life to Chloe and Lisa's fawning uh, adoration for Chloe is something that gives Marge a little bit of a heartbreak here. Uh, but Marge allows Lisa to hang out with Chloe the next day uh, when she goes to I don't even know what Chloe goes to. Honestly, all, all I know is that there's some newsworthy event. There's a whole there's Kent Brockman being teased by the national anchors. I think it's it's Tom Brokaw and somebody else. I don't know. They don't act like their real selves. They act like high school bullies for some reason they're teasing ken brockman over taking away his microphone and when chloe shows up one of them asks uh chloe to feel his muscle i I just okay whatever i have no idea yeah it's just it's weird at best um but in probably the only halfway decent part of this episode uh we get homer and marge talking in bed about how marge feels about all this and homer actually kind of helps Chloe has such an amazing life Hmm. I wonder what would have happened if I'd stuck with journalism oh honey her life can't compare to yours you've got three kids a TV tray from Expo 67 and you're married to King Stink yeah I guess Marge listen to me Chloe may have a flashy job but you're the backbone of this family you're like the electrical tape that holds the two halves of my car together. That's a sweet thought, homie. I just hate to see you upset, honey. You know what would be a good name for Maggie? Chloe! Oh. So yes, Homer being Homer, he has to ruin it right there at the end. But this is the only glimmer of hope I find in this episode is Homer is trying to help. He is being a sweet person, kind of thoughtful. And then, of course, they ruin it at the end because that's that's how they write Homer these days. But at least it's something, some some light in the darkness for this entire episode. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just so uh, <laughs> you're right, man. I mean, it is it is a the pro- I, this should be it, it doesn't make any sense right here. Like this episode, it makes like it just all the scenes seem to be in like a random order. It feels like someone like stumbled along had them all like all the this everything animated and then like someone stumbled along the way and mixed up some scenes like why is this in the middle of act two right before this should be the scene that calms marge down and makes her realize the error of her ways but instead it's it should make marge realize that oh chloe just had a different life than me it's okay i have things that i have done that made me feel good about it and of course, Homer has to ruin it there at the end, but that's just... Uh, it's fine. That, that again, I think the spirit is right, but it, it makes no sense right here. And even if you put it later on, it, the episode just forgets about all this. It doesn't care. It does not care. So, uh, while Chloe is bringing Lisa home from whatever the heck they were at, uh, she offers to take Lisa to the... Uh, UN Women's Conference rather than whatever boring thing Lisa was going to do at school the next day. Uh, However, uh, when she gets home, uh, Marge has had half a glass of wine and is really pissed off. And Chloe names drops one name name drops one too many times and Marge literally attacks her and they get in a fight. And that's basically how 
we end the act is them in a fight. Remember last week, Matt? I do. Better when, times. When Marge basically adopts Nelson, and we have that discussion about when Nelson's mom comes back to throw, she throws money, the money that Marge pays Nelson, mm-hmm. throws it back at Marge's face, and Marge is mean to her and insults her. Uh, and the whole family shocked by it, by an insult. Yeah, not a fight, just Marge acknowledging that that people are bad. Yeah, just Marge insulting Nelson's mother after Nelson's mother did something bad. And the the family, we cut to the family, we paint over the family, all shocked. And, and they can't believe that Marge would, would do this. Mild-mannered, reserved, patient Marge would do such a thing. This is, we have a situation where Marge is jealous of Chloe's life. Marge is feeling a little insecure about her life decisions. Like, oh, I've been in Springfield my whole life. Chloe's gone to travel the world, won awards, rec- nationally recognized, and universally, internationally recognized as a tremendous journalist. Okay, I can deal with that. Marge jealous of a life she didn't get to live for whatever, for many different reasons. Okay. Then she sees Lisa. Lisa's like, uh, oh, Lisa really likes Chloe and, and looks up to Chloe and maybe wants to follow in her footsteps in a certain way and finds all of the, not just the fact that Chloe left Springfield, uh, a cool thing. It's also the fact that, oh, Chloe knows all these famous people and knows famous journalists and hobnobs. Okay. But then Lisa gets a chance to go to the UN Women's Conference and... Chloe's a little uppity to Marge. So Marge gets into a beat down, drag him out fight on the front lawn. Well, yeah, because she's had half a glass of wine, Robbie. That's what happens when you drink. I, I, I real, I, I, that makes it worse to me, Matt. Well, of course, because it is worse. Well, I mean, it's just, they can't even have it so that she's, it's that she's, She's just really angry at Chloe and has all this pent up emotion and she lets it out in this really irresponsible way. It is, oh, she's half drunk. That's why. Mm-hmm. Like either she is she feels a way or she doesn't. All right. Why is why is she Marge is not a drinker? Why is this a part of the equation at all? It's it's really annoying. Like it doesn't this isn't Marge. Marge doesn't get into fights. What is this? What are you doing? Uh, they're trying to escalate the conflict between Marge and Chloe, and this is the best way they could do it. Ooh, oh boy. But luckily we've gone to a commercial, so it's no longer my problem. <laughs> no, it is, man. You still gotta listen to all this. Uh, that's true. Okay, so the, I, I, okay, Matt, I need, you need to confirm. Okay, so we come back from commercial 13 minutes and 53 seconds in. Mm-hmm. Okay, I need you to confirm that I have not lost my mind, that I wasn't suffering from some sort of fever dream while I was watching this episode, because it cuts immediately at Marge with a black eye looking at a bat in her bathroom mirror. That is what happens, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> then we get a scene where Marge opens up the medicine cabinet, pulls out a spray can. Closes medicine cabinet. The spray can uh, is it has a like a Notre Dame fighting Irish mascot on it, effectively. And it says something along the lines of like Shiner be gone. Irish, Irish brand, like Irish branded Shiner be gone. Matt confirmation. 
Yes, Robbie, that's exactly what happens because racism is alive and well. Well, no, we're not. No, I'm not done yet. This is not the end. Marge. So there's a spray that makes shiners go away. Marge takes it, sprays on her eye, holds it again. Matt holds the spray on her eye, just straight into her eyeball for like Mm -hmm. 20, 20 seconds when uh with a the with a song playing uh, i believe it's irish uh, uh what's the name of that song matt you remember i have no idea what you're talking about this there's a irish eyes are smiling or plays while she sprays this spray into her face mm-hmm. I, I, no no matt don't uh-huh me what what on earth is happening what is this I I don't know, Robbie. They they needed to fill up some time and wanted to make it uh, obvious that Marge had gotten in a fight. Well, I it's it's just like thirty seconds of just us staring as Marge sprays her eye with this spray and an I- Irish eyes are smiling song is playing. I I it's like inexplicable. It doesn't make any sense. I like I. I I would say it's the closest thing in this episode to something I would laugh at because it's so crazy. I was just like, I was just like, what is this? What is going on? But I didn't quite laugh. It's something. I don't know what is going on, though, because this Act 3, Matt. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. So Marge uh, realizes that she's done some. Okay, Matt. (laughs) Oh, my God. Marge has gotten into a fight with Chloe. Black eye. She feels bad for being for doing such a ridiculous thing, right? Matt, mm-hmm. right? Right. She feels bad. Mm-hmm. So naturally, what would she, what would the thing to do be? She would go to Lisa, apologize, right? Mm-hmm. And let Lisa go to the conference, right? I mean, ideally, she'd be like, oh, this was obviously, I made a mistake. You should go to the women's conference if she felt that was the correct decision for Lisa. That's what Marge as a character would do because Marge is a morally uh, upright character. Well, I have some bad news for you, Matt, because that's not what happens. Oh, nerds. Lisa, honey, let me explain what happened tonight. Sometimes when your mom has half a glass of wine, she goes cuckoo bananas. Hmm. So, is it okay if I go to the women's conference with Chloe? Let me think about it. No. I don't I don't know what the sound is that is the sound I make when I lose all faith in an episode mm-hmm. when my last the last vestige I had of hope goes away that of that flying out the window. But this is that moment because this is this makes me go. Oh, no, I hate March. Why would I like I what is this? What are you doing? Like what? Why? on well, Like how am I? Why am I supposed to like March anymore? Why would she do? This is a terribly petty thing to do to your own child. This is the moment in an incompetently written episode where Marge recognizes that she's hurting Lisa in this instance. Like, I don't care what kind of person, unless Chloe is a a reprehensible monster, she's not. She's just kind of annoying. She clearly has, if she has a Peabody Award, she's nationally recognized a journalist, Mm -hmm. and she wants to take Lisa to a UN's women's conference. This is an incredible opportunity for Lisa at a young age to experience something truly special. And this would be the moment where Marge goes, I acted foolishly. You can go. And so she just says no. 
And it's to the point, I'm like, this isn't Marge. Who is this person? Who's this lady? Uh, okay. And all, this is also the last moment where this episode is adhering to any sense of reality, I should add. Because Lisa sneaks out with a help from Bart. Bart's sneaking out. We don't know why. It doesn't matter. Uh, Bart just shows up later. We don't know why he went or what he was doing. Who cares? Um, we get a scene with Dan Rather and Chloe where Lisa sneaks into her into the trunk of her car. Sure, why not? Marge discovers that Lisa's gone. So, okay. Marge thinks, okay, Lisa is with Chloe. Does I think Marge thinks that Chloe took Lisa? Yeah, because that's exactly what would happen. Good going, Marge. I, I don't know why, like, again, it just makes Marge look like a crazy person. Like, she's a paranoid psychopath. Doesn't make her appear like a person. It makes her, like, this is, oh, okay. So, they're going, Chloe is going to the women's conference, but instead is called off. <laughs> she's, she's called off to cover a volcano eruption. <laughs> Same kind, of, same kind of reporter does both of those, Robbie, obviously. <laughs> she goes to cover a volcano. She goes to cover a volcano eruption. Mm-hmm. What is happening? Uh, the news reporter makes some joke about how the dude who normally covers natural disasters is dead. And so they hire this lady who just won a Peabody to go cover a volcano eruption. Oh, uh-huh. makes, okay. Uh, so they go... Uh, they go to the volcano. Uh, also, Springfield has active volcanoes. Of course, it does. Springfield has every type of um, the natural feature that you could have. It's I don't know what it is, Matt. But every time, most other stuff, I like Springfield Badlands, uh, mountains, gorges, geysers. All that stuff, I don't blink an eye, but the moment they say a volcano erupting, mm-hmm. I'm immediately like, no, 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 come on. Like, volcano eruptions aren't that common, right? They are incredibly uncommon. Especially in the U.S. How many? We have Mount St. Helens, Hawaii. What else is there? Uh, There's technically Yellowstone, but it's never erupted in our uh, lifetimes or in a long time. Uh, I believe Mount Rainier in uh, not Rainier, they, it's called uh, Denali now uh, in Alaska is technically at one point was a volcano but it has never erupted okay I, I just when they say volcano I just go oh you gotta be I roll my eyes I don't know what it is I think it's just a bridge too far for me so Leisha shows up um, with uh, with with uh, she, Mar- Lisa's there with with Chloe as the volcano is erupting. We cut over to Homer and Marge at the conference to look for Lisa. Oh my God. The jokes on at them at the conference uh, conference, Matt, I can't, Oh my God. Uh. I can't, I cannot handle it. So th- we got these back and forth between these two places. So the volcanoes erupting. And oh no, Lisa and Chloe are cut off. Lisa is manning the camera as Chloe is reporting on the scene. Lisa, we may not make it, but at least we can go out as the great journalists we are. I'm not a journalist. You are now. Remember to keep my boots in the shot. And we're on in five, four, three. Oh, 
don't see Lisa in any of the seminars. And I'm growing ashamed of my penis. <gasps> Homer, look! I'm here at the long dormant Springfield volcano, which is now spewing noxious debris into the air. How male. <laughs> With me is my eight-year-old camera girl, Lisa Simpson. She's taken my daughter to an erupting volcano? That's it. She is off the Christmas card list. Mark, that crazy talk. Now look, I'll save Lisa. Your place is here with the women. Boo! Okay, you go save Lisa. I'll stay here with the women. Boo! What do women want? <gasps> We've got to go now. Okay, I'll run as fast as I can, but I'm full of potato salad. Oh... So many stupid things, Robbie. Do we have to talk about them? <laughs> Not everything, Matt. I mean, I would say focus on the big ones. Uh, the bad. Oh my god, the jokes at the women's conference. Yeah. So hackneyed. So bad. Um, Mar- like Marge, like immediately assuming that Chloe kidnapped Lisa and took her to a volcano. You're like, oh boy. Like, the amount of mental, like, gymnastics you'd have to go through to figure that out. So, um, <laughs> I, what, what am I supposed to be getting from this, Matt? That's my actual question. Like, what is, like, what is this telling me about Lisa, Marge, and Chloe? That Chloe is, uh, very dedicated to being a journalist, uh, that Lisa... Uh, is not as dedicated because it's not her job. It's just something that she is basically forced into and that Marge is still a mother who is very concerned about her child. That's the most I can get out of this. Okay. You're that's you're being very generous, I might add. That is I know. that's very kind of you. Because I know what I I know what they were trying to get across. So I don't know. I also I am not that generous. I don't know if they knew at all what they're doing. This feels this is just as bad as so many scullier episodes where there's ideas of characters like yeah, I know what I know like I understand Marge is jealous of Chloe and she's jealous of Lisa's relationship with Chloe. I get that, but what is you have to do more you have to develop that. What like you have to have Marge have a conversation with Chloe about any of these things. You have to have Marge have a conversation with Lisa about any of these things. Nothing – it never is even discussed. It's just they have a fist fight on the front lawn instead of having, just having a conversation. Like they don't – Nor you have to ramp up to a fist fight. You don't just have a fist fight happen and then more – then they go to a volcano at the end for some reason. Um well, because they have to raise the stakes so that Marge can show how uh, how much of a, how great of a mother is she is by risking her life to save Lisa, and therefore Lisa will appreciate her as much as she appreciates Chloe. I, I I'm vibrating, Matt. I am so angry because <laughs> you're that is what they do, but that makes no sense. None whatsoever. That, None. That's not how you resolve this conflict. No, you have Marge realize that, yes, being a homemaker and raising this family, raising a child that is as smart and audacious as Lisa is valuable. It's incredibly valuable. And her work is just as important as whatever Chloe has done. They never say that. Homer's, Homer is the voice of reason in this episode. <laughs> So Homer and Marge get to the volcano, can't get close because there's a volcano. Um, 
Wiggum can't do anything. Of course, that's again, I'll believe that again. Wiggum that can not being worthless clicks for me. Uh, Chloe correctly, technically correct, Matt. I mean, yeah, technically correct. She's technically correct. Lava is only lava above ground. Below ground is magma. So, <laughs> okay. So now we have Lisa and Chloe tr- stranded in the middle of flowing mag, flowing magma, lava, whatever you like to call it. And Marge, Marge runs across lava and grabs Lisa. Well, to be fair, it's it's rocks on the top uh, of lava. Matt, I, I, I have this. I have some terrible knowledge. You know what that knowledge is? What's that, Robbie? I know how hot lava is. <laughs> well, she goes ooh 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 as if it's hot when she's running across it, like that hot. Um, uh, l- lava. It's not like you know. You go to the beach on a hot day, and the sand is really hot. Mm-hmm. I know that it's hotter than that. Uh, you turn your oven to as high as it can possibly go, or you turn your burner as high as it can possibly go on your oven, on your stovetop. And then you throw a shoe on it. Still much hotter than that. Several magnitudes hotter than either of those things. I know that if a person, a human person, runs across even a stone that is just sitting on lava, their legs would melt. Mm-hmm. They'd instantly catch on fire and then die immediately. No going ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh-huh. Marge, when she got close, her clothes would burn away. Yep, that's accurate. That terrible knowledge. It, am, I, am I a crazy person, Matt? No, Robbie, you are 100% correct. Uh, but the rest of us just gave up and threw up our hands in the air and okay. said, whatever, just let this episode be over. I guess that's fair. Okay, so Marge runs across the lava, saves Lisa. I have a clip, Matt. It is basically from that point forward to the end of the episode. It is a long clip, but it has everything that gets us to the end. Mom, that was incredible. <sighs> Nothing's more powerful than a mother's love. Your hair! Don't worry, we've got two hours before it burns down to my head. Our top story tonight! I'm about to die! Barney, you saved my life! Chloe, when you left me, I was devastated. But I sobered up long enough to become a pilot. With you beside me, I think I could make it work. How about a half hour of pity sex? Is there any other kind? In the wake of the devastating eruption, one Springfielder proved herself a hero, Marge Simpson. She's won herself a free hero sandwich at Springfield Sub Shops. Extra charge for warm-ups. Mom, I want to be just like you. I mean the lava part, not saving Lisa. Pretend to care! Well, looking at you kids, I know I made the right choice in life. I'm sure you did. But still, don't you ever wonder what might have happened if things had gone differently? Well... This is Marge Simpson reporting from Lake Placid, where the miracle on ice never happened. No! 
It's Sex in the City music, Robbie. Get it? Because because it's Kim Cattrall. I I did get that, Matt. Thank you for pointing it out, though, for the audience. Um, yeah. Uh, so so many things. Uh, I guess Marge is totally cool with just letting Chloe die. <laughs> also, by the yep. way, she's just gonna let Chloe die. I mean, I don't think she could have done anything, but you know, she could try to like grab both of them. Yeah, but one's up a tree, and I don't really think Marge would be up to okay, climbing a I, tree I see, on lava. I, I see you're also on the team let Chloe... I mean, Marge is literally a superhero in this instance, Matt. There's no limit to what she can do. She she That's chooses true. she chooses to let Chloe melt in lava, but then Barney flies in with a helicopter, rescues her. We have, again, another... Okay, Barney's off the on the wagon again. We just that that we flip that switch as many times as we want, I guess, without yeah, consequence. Each episode is different depending on what he is either, you know, drinking or not. Well, they needed him to not be drinking in this episode, so he's not. That's literally right. the answer. Um Chloe they just they're doubling down on me not liking either March or Chloe in this instance, or we get Chloe, you know, th- th- pity set like really? Like I no, they're just joke people. This is just joke characters. They're not real. Um, also, it's terribly sad to think that Barney's never had real love in his life and his entire life. Yeah, that's really sad. So we cut back to the family. There, Marge is a hero. I don't know how. Like, how do they know Marge is a hero? Who's recording this? Oh, Marge told them, and they just believe it. it it's not. It was why. When is this about Marge being a hero? Is this what if is this really what Marge wanted? She wanted to rescue her daughter from lava? I guess. It started out as Marge being jealous because she was a homemaker and Chloe was an award-winning journalist. And it wasn't the fact that Lisa or Homer is telling Marge that what she's done is incredibly valuable and important and raising children in the next generation of important making them a good person like Lisa undoubtedly is is a valuable and important thing to do. That's never said it's, oh, Marge is all that is satiated by Marge running across lava and saving her daughter from melting. It is Uh baffling. It is. How do you not, when you're working on this, do you not realize how insane this is and stop, stop it. At some point, honestly, I feel like a lot of it is people who work on individual parts of things and they don't realize how, goofy it all is until it's all assembled into one piece like oh when you're working on one scene or you're just recording four or five lines at a time you don't realize until it's all thrown together that oh this makes no sense whatsoever that's not always true and i I think the writer's room especially has a responsibility to do read-throughs of the entire episode at a time so people can realize whoa wait something's off about this and then it has to go like the directors editors who are the ones who who have to be able to say no this doesn't work we got to try again there, there. I, I cannot imagine making this thing going. Oh, yeah, this is good. This works. And also, okay. And then it ends, Matt, where Marge is a journalist, and this is again, this is the most baffling thing to me. Okay, not the most baffling thing. The the Irish spray stuff is the baffling, the most baffling thing to me. Yeah. But the, the reference they make is Marge is a sports reporter referencing. The, a thing that never happened because she became a sports reporter. Okay. I, I will also say miracle on ice is a great story. It doesn't change anything. If the Russians won that game, it doesn't matter. Nope. No one all. cares. There are people involved in it. They're like, it's nice that like, yeah, these bunch of ragtag Americans beat a superstar team of Russians in hockey and it's a good game, but 
it doesn't it's the olympics it's just it's they're not i i, I don't know uh i don't know I, I guess people think that's i guess that's supposed to represent how meaningful people think it is i i don't i don't know it's just odd it's just it's it's another crazy thing which along like this third act is like they go to a volcano like what's happening why is there a volcano in this episode matt no idea. Well, <laughs> I feel like this episode gave me anxiety. Like it's just, it just like it was like a like I I talked about bombarded, but like I was bombarded with insanity, especially in the third act where I'm just like getting hit in the face with it. I'm just like, ah, stop, please, Simpsons. I like you. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> <sighs> How would you describe this episode? Give me a one word description. Bonkers. That's a good one. I like that. That's good. Um, I'd go with it. I I would use baffling. I think baffling is also. I like That's another also a, another B word. Um, yeah. This episode's also another B word. Matt, bad. This episode's bad. Oh yes, yes, yes. It's really bad. I'm. This is. It's one of those times where I regret making us a PG podcast because I would huh. use really bad words to describe it. I would uh, use other words that don't start with B to describe how bad this episode is. Uh, Cause it made me curse multiple times. While I was watching it. Um, inexplicable. I, I, I don't, I can't explain what it's doing, what it's trying to do. Like, I think I know what it's trying to do, but then I doubt myself because in any, if they knew what they were trying to do, Matt, they would not have gone to a volcano. I think that is irrefutable. Well, yeah, because that makes no sense at all. It, I... <sighs> it's okay, Robbie. Just breathe. Just I'm, breathe. I'm trying. Uh, we'll rank it at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode broken? No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Ah. Yes. It's so very broken. Yeah, it, it, I... It has no... No understanding of pace, of structure, of character, of plot, of it. It just it has it introduces some themes and then just expects that to do everything for it. Um, how to fix it? It's not hard to fix. That's the thing. This feels like again a layup. If you're just looking at the story structure, like okay, a lady that Marge knew in high school was friends with and I so comes back very successful worldly Marge is jealous okay easy and then oh furthermore Lisa is obviously enthralled by this new lady and Marge is jealous because Lisa has this relationship well how about you make Marge a likable person with flaws and vulnerabilities that doesn't just fight people on the lawn because she drank a half a, a half a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't do terrible petty things to her own daughter. Uh, don't have the final and the end of the episode happen because of a volcano. Maybe you just oh, have Robbie, that just makes too much sense. <laughs> like, the way I see this episode playing out in the good version is. Uh, Coley comes to town uh, to report on some story, not something stupid like Quimby's paternity suits or whatever, but for some good newsworthy reason, uh, sees Marge uh, because Marge is at whatever event Chloe is reporting on and they start to catch up. And Lisa is very impressed by Chloe and 
as the episode goes on, uh, Chloe gets to do exciting things uh, like the UN Women's Conference, but no jokes about it, please. Uh, and Marge tries to keep up by also doing cool things related to being a wife and mother and, you know, the manager of a home and all the incredibly hard things she does all the time. But it continually falls short for Lisa and Lisa's not impressed by this. Like She's not mean to Marge about it. She's just constantly way more excited about the things Chloe is excited about. And then something has to happen to where Marge's skills are much more useful than Chloe's. And that's how we close out the episode is Lisa realizing, oh, my mom is cool, but for a different reason. And then everyone is happy with that. That's the only way this episode makes any sense. Matt, how about, okay, so we need to start our work on the time machine. I know I said before that I have a time machine in progress and it's almost ready. Uh, it really needs, it, I have ideas, okay? And I need, you need uh, some tweaking. I need, I need some development of ideas. And I think you're the perfect man for the job. You have the science, oh, back, you have the science background I need. Uh, I'm more of an idea man, you know, uh, I'm, uh, uh, uh. I know some venture capitalists. All right. We're going to, I just need, we're going to draw up some pitch documents. I'm I'm I actually think I now that I say that I'm like that would actually work. You and me just draw up some documents about we're developing a time machine to go to some venture capitalists. They would absolutely give we us get some, so much money. They would absolutely <laughs> give us millions of dollars and we would just throw it all away. <laughs> Two white guys with beards decided they have time travels useful. All right. I don't have a I shaved. I One only was kind of tall. I only have a mustache, so you have you're the taller Even better. That's that's what hipsters look like. You're now. you're you're taller, Matt, so you do all the talking. Of course, and you have to wear a beanie. But we'll pretend that you, we'll pretend that I'm the pitch guy and you're the the uh, like the, the engineer who just who never talks to people and just sits at his computer all the time. Yeah, and every time they ask if how to explain the time travel, I just say it's too complicated. You can't understand that. <laughs> um, exactly. And they go, oh, oh, here's ten million dollars. <laughs> oh, can I give you a hundred million? I mean, if SoftBank has anything to say about it, probably. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good fix, Matt. That's that is a great. You a great application for showing Mar- how like r- saving person from lava is not a thing Marge is good at. Like it makes no sense. Like it doesn't like you. Da- Marge is good at nurturing. Like that. Like you would. The way to do that is maybe Lisa just gets upset and Chloe can't help it. Like Chloe has no idea how to nurture someone or doesn't know how to. Like, yeah, like Lisa has a problem at school with some people, and Chloe it can't like talk her way out of it, and it's up to Marge to diffuse the situation with her words. I don't know. There, there's just so like I wouldn't even I wouldn't even make Chloe a journalist. Like I don't know why that's the thing either. Like it doesn't need to be so specific that. Uh, um, I think the, the the writers were just like, what is a like globe spanning kind of person? What's a job that somebody could have who has like uh, is very cosmopolitan? Like journalist, sure, why not? Sure. That's much. I it's immediately way more palatable than whatever this is. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It is time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I look through the new homers.net forum. See what people are talking about uh, after an episode debut. See what they thought of it at the time. Um, you can go check that out if you want. It was kind of like mixed, very mixed. Uh, you, the thirty-two percent is the highest at three with a three out of five grade. We'll tell you something, and then four out of five, then two out of five, and then one five out of five, then one out of five. But it's this is mixed bag 
territory, it seems like. Even though most of the reviews are mostly positive that are written, most people who typed out stuff seem to be mostly positive. Um, first review. The best of the year so far, everyone was in character, except for a few moments like Homer strangling Bart for no reason. There were plenty of great moments, and the storyline was great. I liked how a large portion of it took place at dinner. It is something that has rarely been seen. Chloe's easily the best one-timer in a long time. Hey! Did they watch the same episode we did? Yes, I'm pretty sure they did. Ah, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Next review. Well, I thought this episode had a few funny moments, but overall it wasn't that great. Homer just aggravated the hell out of me throughout the entire episode, especially the choking Bart crap. The cheese stuff in the beginning wasn't funny at all. I'm not even sure it was supposed to be. I love young Mo working at Springfield Elementary Cafeteria. Um, Brock, Brockman, blah, blah, blah. So is Barney drinking again? I know he started back up not that long ago. He said he stayed sober long enough to become a pilot. Um, he's still drawn look like sober Barney. That's why I'm sure average episode three out of five. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, like, yeah, like, no, they bounce back and forth. They don't care. They don't care about if Barney is sober or not. They just, all they do is just, he's there. That's the only reason they need him to be. They need to be a helicopter pilot, but also drunk. They need to be a, a, a helicopter pilot, but also dated Chloe in high school. Like Barney is never mentioned. He's only mentioned in the flashback. We never see him in. Okay. It doesn't matter. I don't know why I'm focusing on this so much. Final review, Matt, something I, I, I largely agree with is one of the most forgettable episodes I've ever seen. I would agree with that, except there is lava in this. And the only other episode that has lava in it, as far as I remember, is Missionary Impossible. Of course. Which also ends inexplicably with lava. Except at least this has an ending, even if it doesn't make any sense. Um, I don't know. Any, I can't. I can't. Okay. Next up. Next segment. Time for our next segment. It's time for Listener Question of the Week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Our Listener Question of the Week this week is, what is your favorite Lisa episode? Tons of great answers. Appreciate everyone who took the time. Matt, take it away. All right, from Alex, a uh, cliche answer, but definitely Summer of Four Foot Two. It was the least episode that always gets me in the feels, and I could relate to her with trying to make friends. Also showed us Bart does care for his sister. Very, very good points. Uh, from Lauren, oh my goodness, I have so many since I relate heavily to Lisa. I think my favorite episode is Lisa on Ice. I also have a brother who's two years older than me, and like Lisa, I am athletically challenged. This episode truly speaks to me, and I love it, plus the ending is one of my ultimate favorites. It's incredibly touching, and I usually find myself remembering moments with my brother. Plus, we used to act at the fighting scene, and I usually won because I'm smarter, which is how it works. <laughs> uh, from Derek, uh, I know there are stronger, more emotionally impactful Lisa episodes, but I'm going to go with Lisa's rival. This episode has all the hallmarks of a season six episode with the jokes coming thick and fast. Yet the episode is still a character study, examining Lisa's uglier traits while it's never making her unlikable. My favorite part is when we see the extremity of Lisa's competitive nature. Maybe you could have been nicer to Principal Skinner, that this eight-year-old girl is actually mad at her mother for not having an extramarital affair with her principal and getting her moved up a grade is so wonderfully absurd. I think this one gets a bit overlooked. I would agree. That is one that I didn't even come to mind when I was trying to think of this, and you're right. It's fantastic. Uh, from Tim, a bit of a cop-out, but I'm going for Lisa the Vegetarian, as it's just passed packed with nuggets such as the only non-meat item on the school school's menu is a bun with a hot dog tossed out, Bovine University, the independent thought alert button, and of course, one of the best films within an episode, You and Meet, Partners in Freedom. I love how so far everyone is like, everyone is probably going to say this, but this one that's brand new in the list. I think Robbie just did a great job of uh, collecting these. I'm the best. You're right. You are. That's true. Uh, from Benjamin, least the iconoclast, just what every joke lands so well, it managed to show that you can be right about something and let others believe in something harmless when it's for the greater good. There's a lesson there we could all use. Keyword, harmless. 
<laughs> Very important keyword there. Uh, from Matt, Summer of Four Foot Two for sure. The whole episode is jam-packed with jokes that are funny and meaningful moments that peel back the character's archetype. Like, you know, whatever. Uh, from Sean, uh, Lisa on Ice, it's my favorite because it reminds me of my relationship with my sister, especially the montage of their memories together. Absolutely true. Uh, from uh, at Madison A. Beard. Sorry, Sean was Mr. Monroe 17. I didn't catch the weird Twitter uh, I, from uh, at Madison A. Beard. I loved Lisa's first word since I was a little girl. Uh, as an older sibling, and my sister's first word was also my name. We fight and bicker like Bart and Lisa. I never cut her hair like Bart did, but it's had a special place in my heart all my life. Uh, from at Wastecasts. Uh, first, a little help on the name. Wasiscasts. Okay. Wasiscasts. Good to know. <laughs> Uh, Lisa the Iconoclast I love the father-daughter dynamic I love the faith Homer has in Lisa and I love Lisa's choice in the end despite her desire to spread the truth classic episode with excellent characterization uh, from at yes it's Aaron Lisa on ice just typing those three words with a smile on my face terrific character study plus her trash talk is legendary hack the bone if I have a small quibble it's with the ending because even if she stops Bart's shot the game still ends with a tie and crowd riot perfect point uh, from at Hero of Time 816. I don't love a lot of these episodes simply because I don't identify with her, but Summer of Four Foot Two is possibly my favorite episode of the series. Uh, from at L Columbia 88, I love Lisa. It's such a great episode, one of my top 20. Very true. Anything that involves Lisa and Ralph is amazing. Uh, from at Hippie 200, Moaning Lisa. As a kid, I always thought it was a really boring episode, but these days I love it. I don't want to bring I don't want to bring the mood down, but as someone who has suffered from depression, I can refer to, relate to Lisa's existential pain so much. And finally, from at Patrick Evan. Patrick Evans the second, I believe. Uh, Lisa Substitute. I'm not sure there could be any other answer. Robbie, what's it going to be? Got some bad news for you then, Pat. Uh, old Man and Lisa. That's my favorite. Oh, that's a good one. I know I know an answer to that. Uh, I'm not I'm not necessarily surprised by it, but I I I think I might have used that this answer before even, but I'm going to say it again. Sometimes you know Lisa learning the lesson that sometimes people there are just unrepentantly evil. And you can't change them. And uh, it's best to try and, uh, you know, focus your attention elsewhere and not try and waste time on monsters. Matt, what's what's your answer? Uh, I'm going to have to go with pretty much everyone who said Summer of Four Foot Two. Like, I appreciate Lisa episodes that show her moral backbone, but I also really appreciate ones where she is trying to find who she is and just trying to find friends because that's something that I think we all struggle with uh, some more than others. And that's just the perfect example of finding friends and also finding a brother who cares about you. Oh, how sweet. It's true, though. And I knew immediately that would be your answer, Matt. You're so predictable. Yeah, I know. Uh, next week's question, what's your favorite Homer episode? It's a tough one. There's lots Ooh, yeah. of potential answers for lots this. Juice from. I mean, this is the one where I kind of already know my answer, but that's okay. I'm not. A, I, I'm going to be the predictable one this time, probably. Most likely. Uh, but I'll post this question on social media, Twitter, at SimpsonsShowPod. You can email us at SimpsonsShowPod at gmail.com. And I'll post it on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. I post it publicly if you can get in there and uh, answer it without subscribing or, or paying anything if you don't want to. We can move on, Matt. It's time once again for the No Google Chevy Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard and try and stump the other. We are... Oh, wait, Matt. What's oh, that, Robbie? I'm leading so far indeed you are by one point um she used to be my girl is the name of this episode uh you ready for an easy question matt ready 
your questions all come from it's a mad 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 march okay <laughs> there's i, all I right, it, all right. it came to mind when it's like when i'm thinking about episodes where marge acts inexplicably crazy for no reason mm-hmm. i wonder why mm-hmm. your easy question okay. the simpsons host whose wedding that would be otto and becky that is correct all of your questions this week are from this little wiggy Oh, no. no reason. Just it's a funny episode. All right, who becomes Bart's bestest boyfriend in this little wiggy? Be Ralph Wiggum. You are correct. His... Oh. Ralph, you're. I do love you, Ralph. Mm-hmm. He's a good boy. All right, your meaning question, Matt. How much does Reverend Lovejoy charge for the wedding? Uh, I want to say it's uh three hundred dollars. Dang it. Okay. Whew. Yes, you're right. Thank goodness. Dang it. All right. Your medium question. What is the name of Ralph's imaginary friend? Hmm, I know this. I think. Ugh. So the one that tells him to burn stuff? No. Okay. The answer I want to give, I know is wrong. So I got to resist that. Like, it okay. doesn't make it. It wouldn't make any sense for that to be right. I want to say it's like Mr. Something. Like, his, his, his name is Mr. I'm going to just... I, I can't, it can't be right, but I'm going to say it. Mr. Wiggles. That's the name I feel like. Well, you are close. It is Wiggle Puppy. Wiggle. Oh, Wiggle Puppy. Ah. He flies by flopping his ears. It's very cute. Mm-hmm. All right. Your hard question, Matt. What are the ingredients of the Ark at Phineas Cube Butterfat's ice cream oh, parlor? Oh, God. Um, it's something like... Uh, Two of every two scoops of every flavor of ice cream. I can't remember if they gave a number or not. Um, uh, cover it with whipped creams, cherries, and nuts, and you shall call it the Ark. I'm sorry, Matt. You're you're close. Aww. You're close. It it's two scoops of every flavor, or two of it. They uh-huh. just say two of every flavor. I assume that means two scoops of every flavor. Yeah. Anointed with sixty two sauces, whipped cream, and nuts. Ah, okay. So you're close. No cherries, okay. huh? Interesting. No cherries. We don't, I don't... Who... Okay. I don't... I don't get that. I don't get why we put cherries on ice cream. I don't either. Uh, I don't, like, hate them or anything. I just don't understand why. They don't really add anything to it. They're just, like, here, one... This is the fruit we chose because they, I guess, because they have a long stem and it looks nice. That's the only answer I could think of. I don't know who started that tradition. I, I, I don't like it. There's much... They're better fruits. Strawberry, better. Very true. Strawberries, better. Peaches, better. Oranges, well, not so much in ice cream. Blueberries, better. Good blueberries. No, I don't want tart. Don't give me that crap tart blueberry, okay? I want a sweet, nice, sweet blueberry. Give me ripe blueberry. All right, what's my hard question, Matt? Uh, your hard question, what is Ralph being shoved into by the bullies at the Nologium? A big nose? Ooh, so close. A giant ear. God dang it! I wanted to say I was gonna say closer than I thought. <laughs> I was gonna say ear, and then I went no nose is funnier because it has boogers up there. Yeah, but they went. Ugh. That's my fault. I feel bad. I should have gotten. I should have gotten all these answers. I should have gotten them. I should know that. I feel. I'm very frustrated because now you have a oh, lead now, fine. Matt. Now, now uh, this we're four episodes in. You already got a lead. All right, this is you got a one point lead. Hope it doesn't continue. Can't I can't keep sacrificing, can't losing points to you, or I'm, it's going to be bad news we'll for me. See. I don't like that. I don't like that wheel C stuff from you. <laughs> I'm not a fan. All right. 
Uh, that's it for trivia. We can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically. We watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever. And how good they are. Let's scroll down on this list. Okay. Let's oh, yeah. Get, get, get that scroll wheel of workout. Yep. Let's keep. Let's go pretty. We're going pretty far down with this one. Um, God. He's just. Uh, I, I think I've lost all context for how, like terrible Simpsons episodes, Matt. I just have no, no idea what's happening anymore. That sounds right. Um,. Okay, is the, let's see. Let's make let's make a decision here. Is this in the dregs? Is this below make room for Lisa? Um, I don't think it's that bad because that just actively makes me mad. This just I roll my eyes at and go, "This is stupid. Why am I bothering with this?" Mm, okay, all right. I think I'm. I think I'm with you. There's some moments of substance in this. I think it separates it from stuff below it, but it's still not. Yeah. Um, I think it's in the tier above it, which is probably above Make Room for Lisa and below probably Homer's Odyssey. Oh, Homer's Odyssey. Like, I think that's the next tier up. I think it's somewhere in there. Um, all right. Way We Weren't. Is this better than The Way We Weren't? Uh, ooh, it's another blast from the past kind of thing. Um. I'm going to say this is ever so slightly better than the way we weren't just because it doesn't retcon something that we loved and it's just the characters acting stupid. Fair enough. How about the old man in the key? It's right above it. I think this is actually worse than old man in the key. Cause old man in the key is stupid, but it's not like actively harming my brain when I think about it. I think, yeah, old man, in the key doesn't really, I think part par- like I'm going to be, I'm going to, racked poorly whenever you write Marge like a crazy lady. Like, just inexplicably insane. Like, behaving irrationally. You know, Homer, that's old hat. It's every episode, Homer acts irrationally, so I can't really judge it. But when you write Marge like this, when she's... and never resolve it, like, I'm fine with giving characters flaws and making them vulnerable, but you have to resolve that. Marge doesn't resolve anything. She runs across lava, which would melt her to save Lisa and Marge goes, Oh, right. you know, when you care about your kids, you can do crazy things. Yeah. You don't ignore physics just because you love Lisa a lot. Marge, mm-hmm. you don't ignore 5,000 degrees ambient temperature high enough to burn your clothes off, like to hit the flashpoint of whatever your dress is made out of <sighs> cartoon logic. Uh-huh. But, uh, so gross. Uh, you're right, Matt. I think, I think that's a good spot. I think that's a good spot. That is, she used to be my girl. I can't type anymore. I've lost all my skills. I'll put, uh, she used to be my girl at number 279 on the list, right above the way we weren't, right below the old man in the key. Number one on the list is still Homer's Enemy. Last place is still Codependence Day. However, Matt, we have an important question left to answer and that question is should this episode be shot out of the cannon the cannon the cannon the cannon the cannon the cannon there's nothing worthwhile in this episode no there is no reason to keep this in the cannon it's it just has characters acting stupid the jokes are bad and if if this didn't exist no one would be any worse off i didn't know this episode existed until today 
and I am absolutely worse off. So, well, that's fair. Do we fire this out of the cannon? Yes, we do. Let's fire the cannon. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. She used to be my girl. Erase it. Uh, we can move up to the top of the list. We're working our way down as we work through the entirety of this list. And we're back at number 25, which is a fish called Selma. Oh, oh, fish called Selma. Troy McClure. Jub Jub. I mean, I feel like it's going to be a while before we ever say yes to knocking any of these out of the canon, because this is an obvious, is this canon? Yes. Yes, of course it is. It's great. I love a fish called Selma. Love Troy McClure and Selma's relationship. I love how raw it gets with these two joke characters up until this point, really. Especially Troy McClure. He is he is a joke character up until this point. He's nothing. He's one note. He is just this washed up Hollywood guy who sells stuff on TV. And in one episode with Phil Harbour's performance, with the writing, they turn him into something that is vulnerable and sad and raw. And Selma too. You know, where they, they have that conversation about, no, I, I, no I'm not going to, you know, I'm, maybe I, maybe I could deal with just being in this relationship just for me to live a comfortable life, but bring kids into it yeah, to make them do that. And that, that like, it's so raw and so open and so vulnerable. And it, it just demonstrates how easy, like how well you can do that, how you can and do it with characters that are like, you know, kind of so like tertiary, like Selma, Patty and Selma barely, like they, they don't exist in a lot of Simpsons episodes. And yet that episode can do so much with such a short amount of time with her. Yeah. Man, I'm going to go. I, I'm going to challenge you guys out there. Watch Homer Defined and watch She Used to Be My Girl Back to Back. See how you feel. My God. Who boy. Yeah, it'll be quite the uh, the difference for you. I can't. I just don't understand, Matt. I can't. Why? Why would they do this? Lava. They have volcanoes. Why? Uh, I know. Matt, why? Help. Because it's only important that it's funny. But I know people laugh at things that I don't. I mean, they're wrong for the most part, but, you yeah, know, I want to say they're wrong, but they do make me upset. All right. That'll do it. Uh, let's let's what, what, what do we do? What do we do before we go? We we plug some stuff, Matt. So this list is on our website. It's the Simpsonshow.com has links to all of our stuff, our, our Twitter, our SS feed, our Patreon. If you want to help out the show, help pledge, pay us, pay for hosting, help pay, uh, keep the lights on. We really appreciate everyone who does. Our next episode, Matt, is Fat Man and Little Boy. No idea what this is. Um, Let's just be surprised, Robbie. It's better that way. Bart sells t-shirts, with, and there's and Declan Des- Desmond shows up. Oh, God, that one. Okay. <laughs> I don't like that reaction, Matt. That's not very good. But um, And Lisa and Homer, like, doing, like, a making a fission reactor? I have no idea what this is. I've never seen this episode. Um... We'll see. We'll, we'll that's next week. You can, uh, the, the, everything's on our website. Did that. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. And my website is RobbieDorman.com, which includes links to all the things I do. My other podcasts and my books. You can buy my my horror novels uh, on, on Amazon. My newest one is War on Halloween. I know this is coming out the day after Halloween, but hey, Halloween is a state of mind. It exists 365 days a year. It's a story yeah. about story about a family fighting for Halloween in a town controlled by a sinister revenue with secret occult powers. It's a great Halloween, spooky Halloween story. 
uh, you can read it for free with Kindle Unlimited. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is true. However, uh, I can get your messages, uh, but only one possible way is that it is through your vote. So what you need to do is, uh, if you haven't voted yet, make sure you go get your ballot. Uh, early voting is preferred. Uh, and then just make sure you finish all of your votes and then find the most useless ticket and write in your message to me uh, and then just put it on the bottom there and then mail it off. And then I will go to every ballot center across the country and pick those up and just make sure to get all those messages. Man, you shouldn't say things like that. People are going to say that you're like uh, messing with the vote. Eh. I would encourage you guys to if you are if you're listening to this, please vote. It's important. Like, even if you have, like, regardless of, like, who, what your opinions or thoughts are, you should vote. You should exercise your civic duty. I know it's very, sometimes they make it very, very, very difficult, especially this year. But even for just down, down ballot politics are very important. Like, yes, local elections are incredibly important. Yeah. Make sure your local, like, even if you don't like voting for either the presidential candidates, like. Your local elections are incredibly important. Make sure you get involved. Like, it shapes everything. Um, I know. No one wants to hear it. Everyone's tired of hearing about politics. I am too. But it is very important. This will be the last episode. Will you care about it for a while? Woo! Uh, <laughs> that's soap. Knock on wood. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. I'm Robbie. I'm Matt. And keep watching the subsets. Shh.